that's my catchphrase, don't you know? Yo, yo, yo. Oh, boy. Trying to get that going. It's on T-shirts and it's really sweeping their songs, dances. Um, uh, a little later, maybe we'll play a little of Bernie. He gave his big speech trying to explain what democratic socialism is. He's trying to inoculate himself against just being called a socialist all the time. Right. Right. Uh, I'm curious to hear that. Yeah. I love political theory and different political systems and actually looking at how they work and how they don't work. Uh, Bernie's full of crap and lives in a fantasy land, but he's a smart guy. I'd like to hear him explain his ideas, so we'll bring you some uh, some of that. Uh, Westwood One News correspondent Jim Roop joins us with a couple of really interesting stories. And Jim, why don't we start with the California college student who is using Snapchat to root out sex predators. What's the story? Yeah, this is a fascinating story. This guy, we only know his first name, Ethan. He's 20 years old. He's a Bay Area college student. And he decided to use the gender filter, or what many call the gender swap tool, on Snapchat to create a profile as a 16-year-old girl. And if you take a look at the picture, it's pretty amazing what that filter can do. Well, what, what is that? Why does it exist? I don't even know. I've never even heard of that. So you can make yourself look like a girl if you want. As far as I know, it is something that people just are able to play with uh, on Snapchat. It's just for fun? For fun? Profiles on okay. Tinder okay. and Dick Messenger. So he began to just engage people or put his profile out there. He is she, as 16-year-old Esther, uh, put his profile out there and began conversing. One of the conversations he got into was with uh, a person who claimed to be a Bay Area police officer. And so Ethan, 20-year-old Ethan then, who was posing as 16-year-old Esther, contacted the San Jose Police Department because that's the area in which he lives. And the San Diego police or the San Jose Police Department took a look at the messages between uh, on Snapchat between this fictitious teenager and this man, alleged man, and they decided to do a little more investigation. And it was the college student who actually found out who this guy was based on those messages. And the the, the uh, it turned out to be a um, an officer uh, of uh, the San Mateo Police Department. Uh, who was allegedly involved in this. And so he was uh, arrested. Uh, There were some things seized from his home. He's on administrative leave now while the investigation continues. But it was this college student who decided to troll for predators. He may have hooked one. Wow. Thank God. There was a cop. And it was just an accident. It sounds like, yeah. First of all, your first clue is there are no 16-year-olds named Esther. So (laughs) I should tip you off. Could have quirky parents. Uh, He's arrested on suspicion of contacting a minor to commit a felony. Wow. That's that's not good. Apparently, that's a, a charge. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, the the messages are pretty uh, uh, pretty damning because not only did Esther say she was sixteen, but the person with whom she was messaging it recognized that she was sixteen. Oh yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. continued this sex infused conversation the only it could have been worse for this guy and this was what the uh, sergeant with uh, San, San Jose Police Department said it could have been worse if we were able to set up a sting operation where this guy actually came to a location to meet up he said so it's little it's it's fortunate that this uh, 20 year old college student did most of the legwork to find out who this guy was so be that as it may, uh, this guy could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, time. needless to say. So uh, let's move on to your second story, which is a, a tad grim, but it's amazing. The rates of death from suicides, drug overdoses, and alcohol abuse have reached an all-time high in the U.S.? 
Well, they've been increasing for a while now, and, and states like West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania have the highest. In fact, West Virginia is the worst. In 2005, West Virginia had a suicide rate of about 10 persons per every 100,000. In 2017, it was nearly 58 persons per every 100,000. Yikes! So those are overdose deaths. Now, those aren't necessarily suicide rates. Suicide rates have increased uh, 10, 30 percent, too, uh, nationwide. A lot of that is the contagion factor, what uh, the, the researchers are saying, that high-profile suicides prompt others to commit suicide. Uh, the mental health issue is another one. Uh, and, and then you add to that the opioid addiction situation. And there are some states like uh, who uh, I think it was, there's a Northern California city, I think it's Oakland, or maybe, that has, or no, oh, it's the state of Colorado, has this uh, opioid alternative program where instead of opioids being prescribed for pain relief, it is instead alternative painkillers uh, that are non-addictive or non-opioid opium related or whatever yeah, wild else. wild uh, i'm afraid we're out of time but uh, jim roof westwood one uh, news correspondent uh jim thanks a lot appreciate it you know i have more information on this story if you'd like it yeah well i would that's that's something i mean i i realize i think we said this last year when the numbers came out but they continue to go up u.s death rates from suicides alcohol and drug overdoses reach an all-time high that is it should be getting more attention than whatever Trump's latest thing is about the, the Mueller and all the other crap we talk about. Well, and what's really crazy about this is you have states that have two, three times the suicide rate of other states. Um, is that all economic-based, do we think? Mm, I doubt it. I mean, like, there's a crazy high suicide rate in uh, in Idaho, Montana. I mean, there've been the, the economies are doing great in those states. Hmm. Um, that's uh, it's funny. The states aren't labeled, so I'm drawing on my uh, elementary school and also putting together puzzles with my kids. Um, recognition of the shapes of the various states, but crazy high in Nevada, in Colorado. Um, uh, which one is that? Is that that's both South and North Dakota, and then West Virginia. Um, but then you've got. Crazy high, well, alcohol abuse rates in those states, too, it would appear. Really close parallel. How about this? Drug overdose. Wow. God, the Northeast and the industrial Midwest um, with the opioid overdoses in, in numbers that are two to six times the rate of some other states. Suicide rates have risen 30% since 2005 across the nation. And it's going faster. The increase is getting uh, steeper on the graph. So. Why is that? Shouldn't that be the only question we're addressing as a nation? Shouldn't be that? Shouldn't that be the story on you know cable news and news newspapers and websites all the time? Instead of squabbling over Trump this, Trump that, isn't that isn't that proof that we're not really a very serious society? Thirty percent increase in suicide in that amount of time, and it's uh, it's increasing faster and faster. <sighs> I don't know. You know what I think it is? A lot of people would want to claim it's the economy and how people are feeling left no. out of the economy. I don't think well, it is. I think it's some, I think it's meaning in your life in a, in a very shallow society. We've become very materialistic, and you can't live that way. You'll be miserable. Right. I think that's absolutely true. You combine that with social media, which is the greatest engine of comparison with other people. 
that's ever existed. So you can constantly, minute by minute, compare your life with other people's lives. And we were talking earlier about uh, a, a study of housing that people are thrilled with their house unless there's a bigger one on the block. Then they think their house is too small. Same house on the next block, if it's the biggest house on the block, they're thrilled with it. It's perfect. It's all about comparison. We talked about, in fact, we posted at armstrongandgetty.com a fascinating video of an experiment with a couple of monkeys. They trained them. You give me a rock, I give you a uh, slice of cucumber. The monkeys are thrilled. They give you a rock, they get the cucumber. They're loving the cucumber. Then the monkey, the, the monkey bee, it gives you a rock. You give it a nice, juicy grape. Suddenly, the other monkey that's getting cucumber is enraged. I mean, attacking the researcher enraged. It has to do with comparison and envy and the politics of envy. Have you noticed a little of that in politics these days? Somebody else is getting more and you're getting screwed. I think that may be as as brutally irresistible and fundamental characteristic as primates have. Well, let's talk more about that when we come back. And I would like to hear on the text line, what's your theory? Why is suicide up 30% in a few years in America? Like Joe said, this is, should be maybe the only thing we discuss. And if and, and if, if if people aren't killing themselves, shooting themselves, hanging themselves, whatever, they're anesthetizing themselves to right. the point of death, right? With uh, with pills or or drugs or alcohol. What's your theory? Four one five two nine five KFTC. I'd actually like to hear it. Four one five two nine five KFTC. More discussion on this coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think it's just become really unhealthy, I mm. think personally, for, for young people, including myself, to, to spend all of their time fixating on all these these comments and letting this stuff in and it was affecting me it would make me depressed it would make me feel not good about myself and to look at my body differently and all kinds of stuff so I actually don't have it on my phone Um, I have it on someone else's phone and when I feel like I want to share something with my fans or just mess around with it I do it then that's Selena Gomez who was the most followed person on Twitter or Instagram one of those for a while and has deleted it because she said it was making her depressed if you're not happy when you're her, being insanely wealthy and as hot as anybody on the planet. With a million followers, which is what everybody's trying to get. Gazillions of people hanging on your every word or what shoes you decided to wear today. Then, you know, clearly you're not. Nobody else is going to be happy if you're looking for it in that world. Right. right? I mean, if she can't do it, nobody can. I would think it would be clear. Well, unless you're a sociopath. If you are, it doesn't apply to you. Well, no, no, this doesn't apply. Enjoy yourself. I think it's also important to to highlight that a lot of people kind of mimic their own social media behaviors after very successful accounts, kind of the Kardashian effect, right? Mm -hmm. But these people aren't doing their own accounts. Like she said there, she has a person who handles that sort of thing, and she said, hey, can you post that, right? They're not even doing all this stuff that you're trying to do to get this. They even have a level of disconnect that your average person doesn't do. Uh, I just think that's an important thing to highlight. So we we started on this conversation with uh, suicide rates, drug overdoses, drinking yourself to death, is skyrocketing, has been for years. We set a new record this year. We set a new record last year. Uh, the, based on the curve, 
we're going to set a new record next year. Um, and so the question is why? And it's it, I think we know, I mean, we as I mean Joe and I, <laughs> this show knows, and I, I think a, a number of other people know, but um, you you can't live disconnected from people and force stuff and pleasure and not want to kill yourself at the end. That's just, it's always been true. It's still true today. Yeah, yeah. You combine that with the toxicity of social media. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I I never allowed this to happen. I got sucked into a a uh, an exchange. It was it happened to be via email yesterday, which is incredibly old school. But um, the the level of toxicity there, the the everything is stated with bitterness and hatred and sarcasm, and you're only saying that because you're a bad person and a liar and a and the rest. I mean, if you had. A single relationship like that, a personal relationship, a work relationship, your neighbor was like that. I mean, you would immediately recognize, wow, that's a psycho. And you would do anything you could to avoid it. Well, you know, people are surrounded by that much toxicity on a semi-regular basis now. And even if it's not directly uh, pointed at you. I mean, here's a for instance. Um, I happen to follow a handful of musicians on Twitter, and um, and I've become aware that some of my favorite musicians are hyper-political, and they're of the sort that uh, they express everything with contempt and hatred of anybody who disagrees with them. And if you happen to respectfully disagree with them on one or more issues, you feel that contempt and hatred. And it's it's disappointing. It's, it's hurtful. I mean, it's not like deeply hurtful because I've kind of gotten used to it, I think, but um, it's hurtful. So, yeah, you've got a lot of Factors converging, I think. And then, and I swear to God, this is underappreciated. The politics and the society of envy, the whole um, income inequality thing and how the the politics of envy, envy have now become the number one politics on the left in particular. Um, you are working as hard as you can to make people angry so they show up at the polls. It's not about prosperity or wise leadership or liberty anymore. It's about anger and jealousy. And I just think that's incredibly unhealthy. And then I, and this all feeds on each other because how much do people think about politics now? All the time, every day. So you've got the worst sort of anger-based politics in people's social media expressed full of hate every single friggin' day. Yeah, and then that piggybacked on nice some, society. Wow, that piggybacked on something else that uh, happened a few years back. But uh, that in a second, we got a bunch of texts like this. So I'll read this one. I honestly believe the suicide rate is so high due to the exodus of religion and God from society, and also social media and the heartless way that people treat each other out there. Uh, people will post "Go kill yourself" with no hesitation whatsoever. <laughs> there is a lot of that. That's what you were talking about. Just mm-hmm. the, the negative stuff, and it just you know it eats away at you little by little by little by little. But uh, way back in 1995, a guy named Robert Putman wrote an article called Bowling Alone, which he then turned into a book. came out in the 90s. We interviewed him way back then. And he was the first person I ever heard discussing this at, at a high level. This is pre-social media and all that sort of stuff. We'd already decided we're not going to be... It, the title comes from people not being in bowling leagues anymore. 
or Rotary Club or the Shriners or going to church or any of these other groups that we used to get together in and 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 have a sense of uh, we belong to you know something else for 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 a purpose of uh, of well sometimes just pleasure sometimes making our community better whatever but we'd get together in groups and and often the two together and all that stuff had decayed over the years and he recognized that in the mid nineties so you take the bowling alone phenomenon where we just decided we're not going to get together with our fellows and be part of something anymore then you bring in social media and all that sort of stuff and the ability to sit around and whine and complain all the time and the poly back the politics figures out that's what people like to do mm-hmm. yeah that's it it takes you a bad place obviously. You know what? I seriously suggest this to you. Think about how to apply it in your own life, and and it'll vary person to person. Think about some sort of throwback lifestyle. And listen, one of the truest truths that's ever been truth is the fact that all change is not progress. Ordering leeches right now for my throwback lifestyle. You know, Sean, that's an extreme uh, example, but who am I to judge? Uh, No, actually, I'm going to tweet angrily about how you're stupid and a racist. Um, Think about... A throwback, like I'm thinking about it seriously for myself right now. Uh, yeah, wow. I think we nailed it. Well, we've solved the uh, the uh, the angst and ennui problem of America. If only more people listen to the show. Oh well. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Navy investigators are sure they can find out who attacked those oil tankers in the Middle East. Now we got neighboring Taiwan weighing into the situation in Hong Kong, and like it or not, drone deliveries picking up speed. No, they're not. Quit oh. lying. <laughs> That'll never catch on. All that stuff coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now. Via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. Look, 650. Just got a text. My third grader was up at 6 a.m. dressed for the last day of school, ready to go. Wow. Let's get this over with and get home. Wow. They're doing a swim party today, so he's very excited. Oh, yeah. Last real day was yesterday. Just, just thinking about... Long, long summer days of playing ball all day long and riding bikes and riding to the municipal pool and oh man, I don't know what grade summer I was. Summer day as a youth. I don't know what grade I was in before I was smart enough to recognize that the summer was not as long as the school year because it felt like it was to me. Just the summer was and it was so long. Yeah, it was just such a giant. Oh my god, is this? A, I don't have to worry about school ever again in my life. It's so far off. Yeah, when you're a little kid fantastic you'll never be that happy again i'm not going to tell him that tell him because uh (laughs) you'll never be as happy as you are as carefree as you are right oh lord knows that's true man as my kids now 26 24 and 19 have regularly said if this is adulting i don't like it (laughs) yeah there there are pleasures it doesn't get better Oh, a, there are many rewards and satisfactions to it. It's absolutely fabulous. And, 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 and it's unavoidable. You have no choice. Right. So, yeah, I think maybe in addition to the advice we gave the last uh, segment, get into the whole serenity prayer as well. Have the grace to accept things you can't change. 
News Quit now. stewing over them. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the U.S. Navy is responding after two tankers carrying Japan-related cargo were hit by a suspected attack off the coast of Iran. Iranian TV shows up. It was kimonos and, and, and sushi. Iranian TV shows a massive fire coming from one of the tankers. U.S. officials have not ruled out the possibility they were hit by an underwater mine or a projectile, as they're putting it. Navy investigators do think they're going to be able to recover enough evidence to trace the attacks back to their source. And CBS News is now saying a defense official told them the U.S. thinks Iran is likely involved. To to what end, though? Are they trying to provoke something? Chaos is a ladder. Oh. Who said that? That was Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Lex Luthor or the Game of Thrones. Right. I know but, it was but I, don't like... I don't understand their game. So, first of all, the first thing everybody thought was, I'll bet it was Iran. So, I, and why, I don't understand the point of not taking credit for it or doing it secretly and hoping you don't get caught. I mean, what are you hoping to pull off? Well, they're the obvious uh, suspect. And so... And, and listen, the uh, the Revolutionary Guard are evil, but they're not stupid. They're not going to do something that they're the obvious suspect for unless they think it advances their agenda. But what agenda? Hmm. Getting the hell beat out of them? Probably not. Provoking the U.S. to reestablish their legitimacy domestically? Yeah, that could be. Or is it one of your Gulf states that is just itching to take out the the Shiite uh, apostates, and just trying to say to the U.S., look, 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 Iran's uh, bombing shipping now. Yeah. They're going to bring the world economy to its knees. you gotta, you got to whack Iran for us. Look what they're doing. I don't know. And on top of all this, the attacks came as Japan's prime minister was meeting with Iran's supreme leader in Tehran. So it's anyway. just extra strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. President Trump defending his comments about opposition research from foreign governments. During an interview with ABC News, Trump said he'd probably listen to a foreign government if it offered him dirt on a political opponent. He also pointed out he may or may not alert the FBI to uh, any of the information he got. This is somebody that said, we have information on your opponent. Oh, let me call the FBI. Give me a break. Life doesn't the work. The FBI that. director says that's what should happen. The FBI director is wrong. Trump was... <laughs> you know, uh, go ahead, Marshall. I, I was just going to finish this, this off. Yeah, yeah, Trump was tweeting this morning, quote, I meet and talk to foreign governments every day. We talk about everything. Should I be immediately call the FBI about those calls and meetings? How ridiculous. I'd never be trusted again. So the one aspect of this that may be a little nuts as this story exploded was that, you know... Hillary and the Democrats hired Fusion GPS to do specifically what we're talking about, to go get dirt from Russian sources about Trump. So the outrage on the left is disingenuous as bad best. But then even more important than that is, what are we talking about? Is this illegal? What's the story? And it turns out there are laws against foreign contributions to campaigns, right? monetary contributions, right. so it doesn't pervert our system and... And we have uh, candidates kowtowing for foreign governments. Which you wouldn't I get. want uh, MBS. Is that his name? Yeah. You wouldn't want MBS giving a billion dollars to one candidate that's going to, you know, be good for Saudi Arabia. Right. Right. And and so I get that, but it turns out the only legal aspect of this is you could argue that Oppo research is a uh, a gift of value. 
of monetary value. I did something for you that would normally cost you money. Therefore, I have contributed to your campaign. Mm. That's the only way in which that would be illegal. It's not specifically illegal right now. Correct. And so there's some people wanting to push that it would be illegal, but it seems like it'd be really complicated. Well, and as we said earlier, okay, so what if, you know, I murder somebody and the only people there are foreign nationals? Do they not get to tell anybody in the U.S. or we pretend it didn't happen? What if a foreign national uh, finds out I murdered uh, the bartender because he made me a weak gin and tonic? Or, or I ordered Tanker A and Tonic, and he put in the house gin. Bastard. But anyway, so I murder him for that. And 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 uh, uh, and Francois, uh, Francois, the Frenchman there who saw it, he tells Jack. Jack then tells my opponent's campaign. Right. Jack's an American citizen. Is that okay? What if the French guy tells an American who tells another American? Then is it like money laundering and you can't figure it? This is all just silly. It's just unsolvable. I just think they're all chucking rocks at each other. And, now, and I don't know how you solve that conundrum. Right. Now Taiwan's leader is saying the protests in Hong Kong this week show that the one country, two systems framework under which the territory returned to China cannot work. North Korea, or Taiwan's president is saying Hong Kong's government should listen to its people and not rush to pass the legislation that sparked the protests. Hong Kong, former British colony, re- returned to China under this one country, two systems arrangement, which uh, in, in which it receives semi-autonomy and greater freedom than mainland China. But now Taiwan's leader is warning it's not going to work out. Uh, n- no, no, it's not. Yeah, I've been reading up on this and you know, I'll try to get up to speed. And China over the last several years regularly pushes beyond the agreement. Uh, exerts even more control than they're supposed to. Right. And and the people of Hong Kong have gotten pretty pissed off about it, but I'm told by several faithful Armstrong and Getty listeners who live in Taiwan, or I'm sorry, in Hong Kong, that now it's really hit home. Oh, China's serious. They're actually going to oppress us. Wow. And so people are going crazy. Lots of people threaten to move in the United States. If so and so is elected, I'm going to move or wherever. You might have actually, you might have to actually move out of Hong Kong, leave Hong Kong, leave China. If you live, if you've been living in Hong Kong your whole life, mm-hmm. you might have to actually leave if you want to have yeah. anything like the life you're used to. Yeah, the, the new move from China is essentially they've figured out how to make everybody in Hong Kong of any significance guilty of something. Right. It's the Ayn Randian thing from Atlas Shrugged. Everybody's guilty of something, and now the agreement is that we can call Hong Kong and tell them ship them to mainland China because they're guilty of something, and they can therefore jail, kill, put in a concentration camp every man, woman, and child in in Hong Kong virtually without pretext. And and the Hong Kongers are uh, growing <laughs> aware of this. Uh, where does this end, Jack? Do you just think they they go to the ramparts? Do you think there's just wild violence and uh, uh, for the next? Several months or years until there's a brutal crackdown. I don't think it'll take that long. How do you how do you back down on this issue if you're Hong Kong? You back down when uh, the same way they back down in Tiananmen Square. I think when the tanks when are pushing out of down. the way and you're shot. Yeah. Uh, and and if China does that, who's gonna who's gonna rise up and complain? I mean, there'll be some noise from the UN and a resolution and blah blah blah. But so what? Xi Jinping, and this is the beauty of being a dictator. If you're thinking about getting into the business. Uh, he and the uh, Chinese uh, Communist Party, they will imprison or kill 150, 250,000 people if they have to. They wouldn't think anything of it. Oh, right? no. 
So, yeah, when that, you know, you got 250,000 people being jailed and you realize um, or, or, or killed or whatever, and you realize, oh, and they're willing to do another quarter of a million or another two million or whatever, and it won't change the future. You fall into line, you comply. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Game six of the NBA Finals tonight, if you like that sort of thing, and I'm going to be watching that. Unless something happens I don't like, then I'll turn it off and pout. <laughs> Read about it the next day. That's the way I do it. But Unbelievable. Sometimes I get so worked up watching a sporting event, and I have to like, I have to pause and say, I have no role in this. Nothing I do will affect the outcome, and right. then and and it doesn't matter to me. Right. None of these people know me, and if they did know me, they wouldn't like me. Nothing you can do will affect the outcome. Tell that to my lucky socks. <laughs> right. Oh, I've done that many times in my life where I'm listening to the game on the radio and my team's winning. They fall behind as soon as I get in the house. I go back out and sit in the car. I've done that sort of thing I don't know how many times in my life. That's not the least bit crazy. Or I take off my hat and they start to fall behind and put my hat back on. You have to, just in case. Yeah, just in case. Why wouldn't you? Right. It's a hedge. Yeah, it's probably got nothing to do with it, but in case it does, I might as well. You going to be selfish and keep your hat off? <laughs> right. Well, certainly not. <laughs> it's hilarious. Human beings, are, human beings are hilarious. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. We search for patterns, and we're desperate to find patterns. We're trying to figure out how to survive. Exactly. That is right. And so I've yeah, okay. Now I'm now I'm coming up to justify my crazy. So we have an anthropological need to be in a tribe because it protects ourselves. Right. When we're rooting for a sports team, we we feel like we're part of that tribe. Correct. And my tribe was succeeding when I was doing a variety of things. You're looking for patterns. Right. Um. Now we're not succeeding. I better go back to my old pattern. Yeah. It's right. deep within our DNA to do that. Mm. So it's not just craziness now. You, you would yeah, it's hope a little you, crazy. You could hope you override that with uh, you know, uh, the, the, the higher brain that we've all got. But it is deep within our genes to do that sort of thing. Right. Figure right. out what works, what makes our tribe succeed, and keep doing it. Well, if nothing else, just convince yourself, Steph Curry doesn't know I took off my hat. I'll get away with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll be watching, no doubt. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My granddaughter was graduating from high school. And her best friend is uh, is Sasha Obama. Afterward, no, they've been to school together for the whole time. So Barack and I and Jill and, and, uh, and the whole family, we got together afterwards to have a little... A little light lunch and dinner for the families that all these girls grew up together with. We get it. You know Barack Obama. <laughs> we understand. We concede that. We concede that. At this point, you should just change your slogan to Biden 2020, Obama 2012. That's Joe Biden is a dummy. We get it. You know Barack Obama. That's and pretty funny. Did you catch it? He couldn't come up with Michelle's name. Hmm. Maybe. I didn't, but yeah. Joe's changed. He's changed. He looks different, and he's a dummy. You're trying dummy. to say he's old. We get that, too. Well, then how Would about... the two of you just say stuff? <laughs> how about the other day when he tweeted out that friendship bracelet thing? Whoever oh, put that out, that was rough. That was... Uh, that was painful. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, even uh, old Dave Axelrod said, is this a joke? <laughs> oh, boy. So here's, you know, what? oh, my gosh. It just occurred to me, Michael. We need a West Coast bum explosion theme. Every time we bring up the West Coast bum explosion, we got to have like the, the guy saying, Arr, and then and, or something or jaunty music or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but So a couple of updates you're going to find interesting. The the rate of, of bums and junkies um, and homeless people in Western cities is just exploding. I mean, it's astounding. You go to a place you haven't seen in a couple of years, and it's like, oh, my God, what happened? So a couple of things of a similar note. There are thousands of people. They think it's at least 2,000 people in King County, where Seattle is, um, who live in vehicles. Some of them dilapidated RVs that uh, don't even roll. I mean, they're just they're they're, they're inoperable. Um, and this the mayor of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, is um, taking aim at what's been called car ranching, where car people, ranching or RV ranching. You buy a vehicle at an auction for cheap, buy bunches of them, and and again, a lot of them don't even roll. Um, and then you rent them out or sell them to a homeless person or family to live in that RV. But then if they are towed again for being in the wrong place or for the wrong time or whatever, you, the vehicle rancher, you go back to the next auction, you buy your vehicle back again and keep renting it out. So, it's a, well, mobile homes is the wrong, wrong term because a lot of these homes are not mobile, but... So the mayor is angry at that and thinks it's exploitive or something or other, and, and so they're trying to crack down on car ranching. But on a similar note, we got this uh, a note from a copper. We'll just uh, call him Al, Al Anonymous, Officer Al, who's written to us several times about the homeless crisis in Cal Unicornia, and he says there's a bill working its way through the California legislature, AB 516, Assembly Bill 516. Current law allows... A, a officer to call for a tow of a vehicle under certain conditions, including parking in a public location longer than 72 hours or having a registration that's expired longer than six months. Well, this bill doesn't reform that. It ends it. An officer could no longer tow a legally parked uh vehicle for being in the same spot for 72 hours means someone in an old dumpy rv could park on your street directly in front of your house and there would be no mechanism in the law to tow the vehicle or force them to move and the owner wouldn't even have to keep up the registration anymore so you could quite literally build a house well you moved an, a camper into a spot on a, a residential street. It's yeah. a house at that point. Well, especially if it doesn't move. If it's not going anywhere. You can park or get towed a big-ass camper, park it directly in front of somebody's house, and just live there for the rest You're of your life. You're building a tiny house in front of my house. Right, exactly, on the street. And uh, Officer Al points out, once word got out, every public street would be littered with unregistered vehicles being used as homeless camps, and nothing could be done. Well, the vehicles is one thing, but there are people in those vehicles. That's why... So you got a, a certain crowd living in front of your house. Now, in some cases, it could actually be the, you know, what all the activists say. It's just a family that was one paycheck away with a health scare. They're perfectly good people and all that. It could be that. Right. You still probably don't want them living in your driveway, more or less. But uh, it also could be any number 
of people that you don't want living right. out on your street. Yeah, you talk to anybody who actually deals with uh, the the homeless, junkies, criminals, whatever, and it's mostly junkies. It's mostly junkies and, and bums and the rest of it. There are some righteous folks who've had a couple of bad uh, breaks and and they're trying to get back on their feet. God bless them. More than willing to help them in whatever way is appropriate. But the bums and junkies, not so much. Um, you think gated communities are popular now? The idea being that the homeowners association owns those streets. It's all private property. Um, and so you won't have bums and junkies parking a big camper in front of your house and keeping it there for the rest of your life or until you sell your house at an enormous loss. That won't happen inside gated communities. So, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. We're, uh, we're headed down some odd roads, man. <laughs> in this country, we really are. Hey, boy. Yeah, what are you going to do? I don't know. It sucks if uh, all of a sudden uh, your street becomes one of those streets and you can't really move because you can't sell your house. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and you know, many things. You couldn't sell your house, but you're going to sell it for a lot less than you paid for it. Yeah. Could people come to look at your house and say, what are all these RVs here? Oh, they're always here. Yeah. It's a whole just na- different neighborhood of different people. A lot of them bums and junkies that yeah. just to live here all the time. Well, there's a great article. I think it was in the, the liberal Seattle Times not too long ago about just devoted progressives had the bum caravan move into their neighborhood and park on their streets. And now their kids can't play outside anymore and they can't walk to their friend's house and they can't walk to school and they don't take walks in the evening anymore because it's scary and dangerous and stinky and the rest of it. And they're like, okay. Uh, I've always been a dedicated progressive, but we've got to figure this out, and we got to do it now. Well, that's the argument so, Tucker we'll Carlson see. is always making about illegal immigration, but it applies to the bum situation here, too. The people that are making the decisions and telling you you're a bad person for some of this stuff, they live in neighborhoods where none of this is, occurs. They right. don't have illegal immigrants in their schools, and they don't have bums parked in front of their house. Right, it's all theoretical. It's a hell of a different thing when it's on your doorstep, isn't it, Madam Pelosi? I don't know how this is going to end up, turn out. Wow. It's going the wrong way for now. Uh-huh. Armstrong and Getty.